What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Reunion NFF7 Remake Podcast. I'm your host, Kairosis, and joining me today is my amazing co-host, once again, Viz. How are you, Viz? Hello, everyone. I'm pretty good today. Well, I was, uh, I had some headaches earlier, but now it's everything is good again. <laughs> I'm so happy that you can join us uh, on the podcast again today. And obviously, you know, we've both been crazy busy with our crazy busy schedules. I know that you've been doing a lot of analysis videos and also you've been live streaming and mm-hmm. uh, doing pre- premieres, sorry. And, uh, you know, on your Twitch channel, you're quite active there as well. So I know how much work and effort you goes into, you know, creating the content for your YouTube channel. And I really appreciate you being able to make time um, for the podcast today. And we did have to kind of postpone it because um, we've both been extremely busy, obviously around this time of the year as well, being December and, you know, the Mm -hmm. holiday season's coming up. Um, There's a lot going on, uh, especially with me and work as well. So just wanted to say thanks so much for uh, fitting us into your schedule today. And no problem. I really love to be on this podcast. It's it's fun to talk about Final mm-hmm. Fantasy stuff all the time. <laughs> Can't do it enough. So I just want to go ahead and um, give a shout out to everybody that's listened uh, to the podcast just up until now. And also the people who have went ahead and subscribed and left us reviews on all of the podcast apps and mediums that are out there. Um, the feedback has been extremely positive and we're both really appreciative for everybody taking the time to listen and, and spread the word about the podcast. It really encourages us to continue on uh, going into the future and um, really encourages us to continue to create the content for you guys and offer you it in a different way. So if you guys want, you can go ahead and leave us a review. It's the best way to support the podcast on Apple uh, Podcast app and also um, on Spotify. Um, you can rate us um, five stars on there if you would like to. That would be amazing. It's the best way to show your support. And it really helps us in the search index. Um, when people search, they can find us faster because there's so many people that have been listening to it and who have left reviews. So thank you so much. and. Um, So today we are, for our first segment, we're talking about all the newly released screenshots that um, Square Enix has released uh, recently uh, from the game. So there were a few screenshots that were released from the in-game system, um, featuring a few of the different systems in the game. And also there were a few screenshots that were, I guess they were re- like where they reimagined or recreated the iconic um, screen renders from the original Final Fantasy VII um, featuring Aerith and Barrett. So we're just going to touch on those. That's the first segment of the podcast. And then we're moving on to our second segment. We are talking about um, news, any news about the game that have come out and when we might get some more information or maybe another trailer um, about the game that's coming up in the future. So... Also, there was a Famitsu article that was released as well. So we're going to touch about um, on that a little bit and any about the new information that was released about that article and also the developer interview that was released from Screw Enix. Quite a lot to go through. <laughs> yeah, I know. All right. So we're just jumping in to the screenshots. So there were a bunch of uh, screenshots that were posted to the Square Enix uh, website that were featured. Um, basically featuring the in-game weapon upgrade system was the first uh, one that I wanted to touch on. And they featured some never-before-seen in-game screens, such as the weapon upgrade screen. So this... I said scream. Wow. The (laughs) weapon upgrade screen. 
This confirms that obviously weapon upgrading will be in the game, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. I'm so excited for this. I think that it'll add even more of an interesting aspect to the game. Um, so yeah, just wanted to get your thoughts on that about the weapon upgrade system. All right. So first of all, I already made an analysis about those two mm -hmm. screenshots, uh, which lasts around 30 minutes almost. And it's called Game Analysis Episode 17. So you can go mm -hmm. check this out on my channel if you want. So I won't go into too much detail, but give you a kind of a, a short mm -hmm. overview over those. So also the first time I've seen those, I was uh, delighted, literally. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was so 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 great to actually see those, see mm -hmm, more, more new elements in the menus, and it's also something I kind of predicted in an earlier uh, analysis video when looking at the equipment and material upgrade screen right. because the Buster Sword was kind of blue there, mm -hmm. the rest of the other other two equipment items. I thought, well, maybe this is because of an upgrade, and lo and behold, the upgrade screen is here. So yeah, that was pretty cool. Um, yeah, same here. Like when they released them, and then I was just basically I could I couldn't check it until I got home from work. So people were freaking out online, and I was just like, "What's happening? What's happening? Oh my gosh!" So then finally I got home and I logged in and I looked at them and everything, and I was super um, excited as well just to see that they've included this um, aspect into the game as well, mm -hmm. and. Um, I think it's going to add, like I said, a fresh element to the game as well. Definitely. So that kind of made me think about, you know, the thought about if all of the game, all of the weapons, sorry, are going to be in the game for this part. I know it's part one, and I know that there's other weapons that you don't get until the later parts of the game when you're playing the original one. So then that kind of made me thought, like, sorry, that kind of made me think that, uh, probably there's going to be less weapons, but we're going to be able to use a less amount of weapons, but they're going to prove to be more useful as the game goes on because the fact that we're going to be able to upgrade them and each one has specific abilities, and then you're going to be able to use those abilities um, later with any, it doesn't matter what weapon, and that goes on kind of to the next thing that we're, talk, that we're talking about, which is the weapon proficiency. Exactly. Um, where there was a, a screenshot that's showing the proficiency about the weapon, which is each weapon has its own ability um, that increases in proficiency over time the more you use them. And then if an ability's proficiency level maxes out for that weapon, the character can use that weapon, sorry, that ability with any other weapon. So it's not just limited to that weapon. Um, obviously, that's going to take a while for you to upgrade the weapons, I think. I'm not sure, obviously, but I'm thinking here like, as I'm seeing it kind of happen inside of my mind, just, you know, you're using the Buster Sword, you know, over and over again, and then it's unlocking ability, and then you can use it. It doesn't matter what weapon you use, but it's probably going to take you a little bit more time to upgrade it to that point. So then you're kind of forced at the beginning to use different um, weapons, depending on different situations that will require certain abilities mm -hmm. until the point where you can upgrade them fully where you can use the abilities with any weapon it doesn't matter and that um also goes along with i'm sure you know using the skill points to upgrade the weapons um and unlocking more material slots for the weapons mm -hmm. so what are your thoughts on on that yeah that's that's a really really great choice that they included that because as it stands 
we can upgrade weapons and they have their own uses, their own strengths and weaknesses probably. Also, mm -hmm. difference between uh, base stats and uh, amount of material slots. Like the nail button, mm -hmm. for example, is probably the double the strength of the Buster Soap, but it has no material slots, so it balances out. Right. Um, but keeping the Buster Soap at two material slots all the way to the end is probably mm -hmm. going to lessen its impact. So upgrading right. it with uh, one or even two additional slots is, is quite a great choice. So it has more value later on in the game. Yes. And also, uh, what you were touching on, if all the weapons would be in part one mm -hmm. or not, I think the most iconic ones, and there were some uh, in the first third, would probably be there, but also new ones. Especially here, we see the Iron Blade right. made it in here, which wasn't in the original. This, this is completely okay. One. So it's probably a mixture between a few new weapons and a few old ones, like the Hardest, the Boss Sword, and Nail Bat. Those two are the most beloved ones, mm -hmm. I'm pretty right. sure. Next to the Ultimate Weapon, of course. <laughs> But I don't don't think it will be in here. Yeah, I saw somewhere online, I think it was on the subreddit, somebody was talking about that the Buster Sword is basically going to be the ultimate weapon. I've like the ultimate too, weapon yeah. by the end, maybe when it's fully upgraded and you get like ultimate abilities unlocked. Like I have no idea. I'm not Obviously so sure that about wasn't that. the way that it was in the beginning. Yeah. And also, um, just like you said, I, I liked what you said that it's probably going to be that it's they're going to be the most iconic weapons that were in the game that, and also added with new ones as well. The, just to kind of keep it fresh, because mm, obviously if everything was the exact same that, you know, as it always was, people would probably just get a little bored with mm. that because we've already played the original. Obviously, a new people coming to the game um, that haven't played the original one, obviously this is all new for them. So how exciting would that be? You know, it's your first time that you've ever seen any of this. So it's going to be exciting for those people anyway, but I think it's Square's way of kind of keeping the original um, audience that have played the original more interested in the game just to kind of see, you know, the different abilities that you can unlock with the new weapons as well. So I'm thinking as well that we're probably going to get some pretty awesome abilities that we've never seen. And that just makes me super excited and just more just excited to play the game and I'm looking forward to to it um a little bit more I think now That's that I've kind of seen you know the screenshot mm -hmm. um yeah and uh, yeah so we're moving on so we did talk about the weapon proficiency and how you know it has each weapon has a specific ability so um has it been determined that you're you, you're not going to be using like SR or like skill points, SP, sorry, to um, level up your proficiency, right? It's just that when you're using it, it's just automatically gaining yes. proficiency level. That's my understanding. Okay. Yeah. okay. SP is only That's... used for upgrading the, uh, the weapon itself, like unlocking skills. Right. Well, skills okay. is a little bit of a misleading term because most of the skills are just stat upgrades, like uh, right. uh, strength plus or attack plus, attack, magic attack plus. HP plus and the like, and also damage plus for uh, punisher mode. We've okay. seen here in the, the other one. And also the additional material slot. And maybe mm -hmm. some few things more. But that's what what you can we can unlock with SP. And all SP also double as experience points for the weapon level, it seems. Oh, okay. Yes, because we have amassed 55 SP. We're still on weapon level three, almost four. We need five more to, to level four. Okay. But the unupgraded 
weapons, Iron Blade, Hard Edge, and Nail Bat, all have 55 SP. So they have exactly the same amount of SP we've already gathered so far, but none spent. The Buster Sword has spent 50, or Cloud has spent, uh, sorry, 40 SP on the Buster Sword, which is why there's only 15 left here. And okay. if we calculate everything together with the, the SP cost in the other screenshot and stuff, it all adds up. So I've all done all the math and all the, the calculations and the, the comparisons in my video. So if you want to get more information mm -hmm. and more, uh, more input and more details on that, just check it out. Um, that's awesome. I think that's it. Or, or is there something else I wanted to talk about? Well, I'm just basically the explanation that Square Enix gave, like, because people were thinking like, oh, well, this wasn't in the original game. So, you know, what's their explanation? Well, it's just that their explanation said that each weapon has its own core materia that's mm -hmm. actually built into the weapon. Mm -hmm. And that's what's allowing it to be upgraded. So yes. you're spending SP points to level up the weapons mm -hmm. and its different abilities um, are unlocked through proficiency. Yeah. I think there's only one ability per weapon, firstly right. because of the, the how the UI is set up, and there's probably no, okay. no more room. For okay. And also there's a, a little gray empty bar underneath the weapon icons on the unupgraded ones. Okay. And proficiency is fully upgraded for the Buster Sword. That's why the the bar is not there underneath. Oh, the okay. Icon. And that's probably why. Uh, there's only one ability per weapon. And this is also, uh, there's also an inter interesting thought. Um, I listened to the Phoenix Edge podcast today. They also talked right. almost two hours about uh, Final Fantasy and the new screenshots and stuff. And one mentioned that this also gets you or incentivizes you to find all the weapons because each weapon has a unique ability you'd like to learn. So if you want to max out your ability right. arsenal, you have to find everyone, every weapon, and use use the ability until you have proficiency one hundred percent and learn it completely. So this is this is pretty okay. cool. So the weapons are not just throwaway items anymore; they are just right. a, a fixed fixed part of the whole system here. It seems. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. I'm really looking forward to it, and I'm super excited now. Um, I mean, I was excited before, but then just, <laughs> you know, ha having it confirmed that, you know, there is we weapon upgrading, especially now, you know, in 2019, we're thinking about all the other video games that are out there that does, you know, they have these systems in place. So I'm mm -hmm. thinking, you know, I think that it's a natural um, kind of progression for this series to kind of include so this in it, you know? Um, and I really liked what you said about, you know, wanting to collect all the weapons because each weapon has a specific ability that you can um, upgrade to the max version. And then, you know, you could use it with any weapon. It doesn't matter. So that's yeah. pretty amazing that if you care about getting all of those abilities, it kind of, you know, motivates you to find all of the weapons. It was also a, a great system in Final Fantasy IX where uh, all the abilities you had to, you wanted to learn uh, were on the weapons and the, the equipment. So we had equipment in there. Each equipment had one, two, or yes. three uh, abilities and mm -hmm. collect AP to level them up. And when they okay. leveled up completely, you had had them learned for the, uh, for the character and didn't need the equipment anymore. It's practically the same here, just with one ability per weapon. And I'm also 
kind of curious are are the bangles and the accessories also upgradable? That's something I forgot to touch on hmm. in my video because this this is also quite interesting because if, if we could upgrade the bangles as well, the armor, then this gives another level of depth. <laughs> That's true. Uh, we'll see, I guess. Can you equip materia in the equipment? Like uh, in the bangles and stuff? Yes, because there was okay. a equipment and materia screenshot where there was uh, materia equipped in this boss's sword and the, uh, which one was it again? Ah, uh, I forget the... Yeah. the uh, yeah, I remember. I think it was an iron bangle or something. I think, was it was it iron bangle? Could be, yeah. And and the prote protect vest for the accessory. Protection vest. Right, okay. Yeah, Iron Bangalore it was, I think, yes. One slot. That would be amazing mm. if they could do that. Maybe it's just the weapons that are upgradable, Maybe. and then you unlock materia, and then for the for the equipment you don't, because then as you move on, it's maybe there's more they've added so many different equipments mm. that where you don't need to because you're kind of forced to change your equipment up instead Maybe, of just using yeah. like the same equipment. It could work though to have. Oh yeah! Equipment. Oh no! Definitely. definitely. Just just the armor though, because the accessories they have yes. their own use. They don't really need to be right. upgradable, in my opinion. Yeah. So, yeah. I do like this a lot because in the original, I found that I was using the same weapons, and yes. then <laughs> I got to a certain point of the game when you get another weapon, and then you're like, "Well, this one has." five materia slots mm. so i'm gonna use this one exactly yeah. because i want to have more abilities equipped like materia spells mm. you know and it kind of because i really wanted to play with the buster sword for as long as possible in the original mm. but then eventually it's just that you get Too to a point where yeah it's just like you can't use it anymore even though that was like his iconic mm. you know weapon um i do like that it's probably that one this probably one one thought they had uh by doing this so mm -hmm. with this system you can just do a buster sword only run and it wouldn't matter that much i guess because buster sword will still get stronger and get more more uh, right serious um, lots and it's still relevant till the end so yeah i'm sure that the strength like it's giving you stats as well right mm -hmm. so your base like strength stats and stuff like that so each weapon is going to give you different stats so it depends on, I guess, your specific play style, where if you want one that has more magic damage, mm -hmm. then you're going to upgrade that one to the fullest, and then you're going to get the most uh, magic damage, like even more than the Buster Sword that's fully upgraded. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. if you're more of like, I want to use more magic, then you're going to switch to that weapon because it gives you the highest magic exactly. stat. Uh, so you have the highest magic damage, depending on obviously who you're fighting against too, mm -hmm. like because... This kind of moves on to the next uh, thing that we're talking about, which is they unveiled, I guess, the assess materia. Yes. So, you know, their explanation was, you know, everything is not just all about offense. The assess materia shows enemies specific strengths and weaknesses. It's helping you to refine your strategy. So I really love this. Um, that, you know, you can see what they're weak against the enemies, and then you can choose, I guess, depending on what they're weak against what weapon to use and what materia to equip and exactly, what yes. equipment to use. Mm. Um, you know, there was a lot of this in the original as well, but mm. I'm just thinking about when you're upgrading your weapons and if you can upgrade your equipment, 
that's going to be crazy. There's going to be so many more customization um, options. So what do you think about the assess materia specifically? Do you know, I mean, do you think it's like um, a materia that you equip or? Definitely. Yeah. It's, it's, it's uh, said as much in the description and I think somewhere else I've read about it. Um, I think it was a translation from the Famitsu article, uh, actually. But there's an assess material, which gives you the ability assess, uh, called assess, which you can mm -hmm. use to um, do this, <laughs> the, uh, get all the uh, information from the enemies, which are probably also accessible in the main menu, because we, we saw in the TGS uh, 2019 gameplay presentation that okay. an, enemy, an enemy report menu item in in the main main menu so we can always go there and uh see which enemies we have fought defeated uh assessed and everything like that and it's also very very nice for farming items you need for whatever reason because now you know uh which enemies drop which items and where you can steal what like for example the special weapons or uh, accessories or what have you, or maybe even materia, I don't know. I don't think we could steal or uh, obtain materia from enemies. Um, yeah, I think that's that's also a really nice addition. And But what I'm missing is uh, the level. There's no level here to pick. Right. It's just the HP and also no MP. Maybe there's only MP on those enemies that actually have MP, because in the original, some enemies also had zero mp i think or had mp but didn't use any magic it was pretty okay. whack <laughs> so yeah it's maybe it's also not 100 percent finished yet i don't know there's also uh the r1 button which is used to toggle data so maybe we can toggle data to even more granular data like uh, level stats uh, abilities they can use and stuff like that so okay so you think you think that we're going to have to equip this one yes. to be able to use it, just okay. like in the original game. Yes. Okay. Because I know, like thinking back towards you know thirteen, and there's some other games in this series as well that had it. Just it, there was an ability called Libra mm -hmm. that you would cast, mm -hmm. and it cost MP, I think, to use it. I'm not sure if it no, did. I, I can't remember, remember, but I don't think it did actually. Just I don't think so either. Just it just ATB. kind of yeah. Yeah. So I was thinking that. That it might be like this mm -hmm. because you just have to own the material and the material, sorry, and it's in your inventory, and then you can choose it from maybe the command menu, and it uses an ATB bar and a slot instead of, I, I think like an ATB charge instead yes. of having to equip it. You know, well, um, I do think you have to equip everything you need uh, you uh, use in battle. So you have to equip the SS material because. You need to equip material to be able to use it. Just having it in right. your inventory doesn't really do much. I was just thinking that they might have redone it just so that, ah. mm. you know, the yellow command materials, because in the original there were yellow ones, right? Yes. Command that materials. were command materials. Mm. Um, yeah, that were, you still had to equip them. You're yes. right, to be able to yeah. use them. But um, I was thinking, hmm, maybe they had redone it so it was just a little bit different maybe but um I, I because then it it's personally yeah exactly and you have to equip it to be able to use it mm -hmm. i understand yes. i understand um 
you know, them wanting to do it that mm. way. I was just kind of like just brainstorming inside of my mind here. Of course, yeah. Um, <laughs> so going on, so they did show a screenshot of Chocobo and Moogle uh, summon. Mm-hmm. So they basically just described it as the caption that, you know, Moogle can blast foes. Um, it says Mog Bomb is what the Fimitsu article calls its ability. Um, they can also use Stampede to trample an enemy with a herd of chocobos mm-hmm. uh, at the end, which I'm assuming is their ultimate ability. Um, oh, yes. At the end, when, yeah, when they're done, because there's kind of a cut scene with a mm-hmm. huge uh, damage uh, ability at the end before the summon goes away, at the end of the, when the summon bar yes. um, is gone. So, I love this. I think this Me is too. amazing. <laughs> that they I'm included just so... a mock summon is, is, is great because I, I thought mm-hmm. maybe they wait until the Joker performing part two, but mm-hmm. no, they put it in here. Quite they cute. did remodel uh, the Moogle a bit. Oh, yeah. So, people were For kind sure. of upset about that because they rounded the ears a little mm-hmm. bit. So, he looked kind of like a teddy bear, I guess. Or but koala with the nose. Koala, yeah, exactly. I'm a, I mean, you know, I just, I'm fine with that. I'm just so happy that they're, you know, both in the game. Um, so I just, I just can't wait to be able to use it mm-hmm. in battle. When you look at the, the, the second screenshot where they use the Stampede uh, ultimate mm-hmm. attack, the Chocobo in the front where Moogle is sitting on, it looks just so cute and cuddly. I, I can't help it. It's just so, aww. right. <laughs> <laughs> I love it so much. Yeah. It's probably going to go so fast too. Like you're not even going to really, I mean, you're going to see it because mm-hmm. it's going to be crazy like effects and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But I don't know. I just can't wait. I think it sounds so cool. Definitely. Yes. Uh, and I'm, I also think it's the first summon we get. At first I thought maybe it's Ifrit because we've also seen Ifrit here in the, ex- in yes. the exact same area fighting the exact same sweeper. And now I'm not so sure anymore. Maybe, maybe Chocobo Mogul is the first as well, like pay, paying homage to the original game where this was also the first um, summon we could obtain. Yes. Yeah, I, I love that. I think so too. Obviously, people who pre order the game are getting summons as DLC. Yes, of course. Um, so those, it'll be interesting to see if you, know, you get the code, if you can use them right away at the beginning or not. Interesting thought, yeah. Maybe after the um the, the first tutorial of Materia, how to use mm-hmm. Materia, and when you can actually access the uh, Materia menu. I think they'll yeah. probably be there if you have redeemed the codes, and I'm pretty sure it's going this way. Unless they have a specific point in time, here's, w- here's where you can use the summer Materia going forward. Yeah, I was thinking that it might be like that. Probably. Like it, it might be a certain amount, a certain time in the game when you can unlock the summons and then you can use them from that point on in the game. And then they just appear, I guess, in your inventory. Probably, yes. Um, or maybe you pick them up from the store, from the shop. I'm not sure. I think that's how they did it in 15, right? Uh-huh. You had DLC and then you could... If you downloaded a weapon, I'm not sure if it was in your inventory right away, or you had to go to the shop first. No, I think it was in the the inventory, because I remember uh, the Ragnarok as as DLC 
or from wherever i don't remember okay but i had it i think i had it in the inventory right away because i don't remember buying it yeah i can't remember mm, i'm pretty sure they're just there but not accessible until we actually get the first summon tutorial and probably also the summon slot i don't think this the summon material slot is there from the beginning most likely mm-hmm that makes sense yeah so they showed um side activities and mini games well they they did show that it looks like the dart mini game will be in the game yes um, they said that you will be able to play it at seventh heaven mm -hmm. they also went on to show a picture of the uh bike battles they said that you'll be able to enjoy fast-paced bike battles. Mm. And in the shot, it says Cloud and Jesse are in a thrilling chase with Shinra operatives. Yes. So this is super interesting for me that, you know, it's kind of, we, we kind of touched on this before, before we even knew this. I remember that we both talked about mm -hmm. it. I think it was the first episode that we talked about. Yes. Yeah. How Seventh Heaven is more than likely going to be your, your hub, mm -hmm. like your home base. And then when you go back, you can do participate in mini games like the dark game, or like you said before, when um, there's going to be side quests available, like side activities where you can accept the side quest of, you know, you have to go and do a bike battle or you have to go and do a, ra a bike race mm -hmm. or you have to go see this person and, you know, bring them this item or buy them something or... For side side quests, I mean, and yes. side activities that are available, so or kill some pests somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like, oh, there's you know, an infestation of whatever somewhere, mm -hmm. and you have to go and do some crowd control, and then you get some experience from that, but also maybe some um, materia or some kind of an item, maybe a weapon. Most um, importantly of all, lore and stories. I don't want to just mindless side quests where someone says hey mind to get me some potions and you get the potions as oh thank you here's some e exp and then it's over this is uh not really yeah like fetch anything. quests yeah fetch quests are okay if there's lore behind them like you yes get to know a bit more about the the person that gives you the uh contract yeah i hope mission. so too and then uh, during the mission, you, you learn new new things about the world, about some people. Maybe you even get access exactly. to a new area, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's that's uh, an area where Final Fantasy fifteen dropped the ball, to be honest. With all those oh, far yeah, for farmer sure. quests, uh, we had to go to the farm to get some onions and kill some some dogs. Mm -hmm. Everything you got out of this is maybe. Uh, a discount in the shop in uh, the Stalem. And yeah, it's pretty lame, actually. At first it was kind of cool, but then it just repeated and repeated and repeated and was bland and no additional story and lore and it was kind of disappointing. I really hope they don't, don't do this here. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, have you played with The Witcher 3? Mm, just the first few hours and then I don't know. I, I, Okay. Kept meandering all around and kept um, picking up all all the, uh, the herbs that were lying around, and it was just too distracting. I had to turn it off. <laughs> okay. I'm such an extreme um, completionist. Uh, this is no game for me. It's really good. I enjoyed it. Um, I just was thinking more comparable to their side quests, right? Because if you ended up trying right. this, like doing the side quests, the side quests 
are there's so much lore in the side quests. Some of the some of the cutscenes for the side quests were really long, mm-hmm. and you're getting a lot of information. But I think there's a happy medium between you know having a 30 minute cutscene from <laughs> doing a side quest, mm-hmm. and then also you know including the lore and having you participate in the world, and then finding out something new about the world. But then just also just there's a perfect amount of time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. To be able to do that. Because exactly. I think that they did it really well in some aspects, but then other aspects, it was just kind of like way too long. Too long yeah. I think um, Horizon Zero Dawn made, uh, they did a really, really good job at the side quests because they learned uh, new things about certain people, about uh, yes, the world, exactly. how they deal with the world, deal with the situation. You had really mm-hmm. cool uh, cutscenes, even if they were kind of static sometimes, like they were also in, in, in the same position and kept talking, but. Uh, it was pretty cool, I think, especially in the DLC, the uh, Frozen Wilds. Yes. The side quests there were uh, really well made and more choreography in the, the cutscenes uh, when they were talking to each other and yeah. when, you, when you got the mission. It was, was really nice. I loved it. Yeah, hopefully, like you said, they included that in the game where mm. it's not just fetch quests. I'm okay with doing some fetch quests. Like I don't, I don't mind it that much. Um, yeah. yeah, Like depending on what it is, it's just that when that's all there is Mm -hmm. and it's just the focus is based on that. And then after you've played a bunch and then the world opens up, you know what I mean? And then that's all you have are just, you know, additional side quests that are just fetch quests. It kind of is demotivating, you know, Mm -hmm. and. Definitely. Like you said, like it was really for me. Like I, I finished The Witcher Three a hundred percent, and by the end, it was a there was a mixture of like a lot of the things were at the end were fetch quests. Oh. Um, and it the world is so big, and you have to backtrack, and like you know, it, it it's a lot. So, all right, all right. So moving on, so we got some newly updated uh screens from the original Final Fantasy VII. They're the game renders that were released back in uh, nineteen ninety seven. And the original version, um, the first one had Aerith and she's standing outside and the high wind, the airship is there and she's kind of looking at it. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, people really liked this one because of the fact that, you know, her history, her story, Mm -hmm. we know playing through the game that she's always dreamed about flying in an airship. Mm -hmm. But she was never able to. She was never able to. That's exactly. So it was very it. touching, uh, you know, very, but tragic. Exactly. For her character, just another, you know, tragedy um, in her character, because, you know, as if there wasn't, you know, there's a bunch of, of tragedy in her, mm. in her character and in her life, you know, and then so what they did was they remade that one, but obviously they didn't put the high wind in the image they had changed it so it looks like she's standing outside and there's kind of like the fields and the plains and she's looking and it's like a gorgeous blue sky um the, the high wind is, yeah. isn't there and you know a lot of people were upset about this because there's so many other ones that they could have chose so people were upset because they're like well you know this one's so iconic why would you choose to do this one mm-hmm. without putting the high wind in there obviously they're not going to put the high wind in there because they're not going to spoil it of course yeah and i am okay with them not putting it in there because it might not even be until a, like the third game before mm-hmm. we see this 
and they probably don't have the artwork, like the concept art even finished or the design. Mm. And if but the design is looks... different, then uh, there's, there's, there's more uproar. I don't know. <laughs> exactly. So people are, will be more upset. Like, Hey, you changed it. Like, you know, mm. I, I mean, like, I'm okay with this one. I, I really do think it's gorgeous. I think it's beautiful. It is, yeah. And I think it does bring us back to, it still channels that feeling that you get when you look at the original one mm-hmm. for me. Definitely. But the thing is that if you look, you can see that she's standing on cement. On an airstrip. And it looks like, exactly, <laughs> it looks like it's an airstrip. Like, it <laughs> looks like she's standing on an airstrip. Or, like you said, like, and that should be your clue. Like yeah. for me, it's kind of like look at the extra details in the in the picture. Um, I just think this is their way of saying, you know, it's coming, but not yet. Mm. Yeah, that's my theory. Is they first of all they didn't include the Heimat because we don't see the Heimat in the first game, and uh, then yes, well, why do you put the Heimat there if you don't get to experience it? Mm-hmm. And also, the, I think kind of Aerith is not theme, but part of her character arc probably is because she was uh, always inside of mid, well, most of her life inside of Midgar underneath plates in captivity right. times. And this is like her goal be free, see the sky, go outside. This is uh, what she wants. This is what she gets at the end of the first game. And this is kind of what this encapsulates. And I also think that maybe when uh, part three or four rolls around where the high one is in there, we get an updated updated version of this picture kind to kind of co- commemorate uh, her exactly. passing and what could have been. Exactly. And they can just use the exact same thing, put the high one in there, done. They'll probably yeah. update it anyway, but... <laughs> I totally agree with you. And then they remade another one where it was Barrett um, in the old church mm-hmm. and Marlene is on his shoulder. Yes. And I really thought this was beautiful, just the detail and the, like the focal point of the image are the flowers, mm-hmm. you know, because they put the flower, the flowers are in the center. So for me, it's just kind of showing that, you know, and uh, it's a reunion once mm-hmm. again, because we're talking about the color of the flower, you know, and mm-hmm. the flower in general represents reunion. So ever, you know, he's standing in the church, but people were upset because he never ends up standing in the church mm-hmm. in the That's game, true, yeah. in the original. So they were kind of like, why would they do that? Uh, I think those images weren't meant to act accurately rep- represent scenes from the game, but actually represent uh, meaning or maybe yes. wishes or dreams of the characters. Mm-hmm. So this here is um, Marlene has, uh, even if they only meet once when Aerith uh, gets Marlene out of Sector 7, I think yes. they, they make quick, quick and tight bond, those two. Mm-hmm. Because remember when uh, the game ends, uh, Marlene notices that the, when the live stream comes that it's because of the flower flower girl, and right. such a such a short short time with a person, and this person uh, leaves a lasting impression on you. That's that's quite quite. How should I should put this? Quite the um, the emotional moment, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this kind of 
I think this is this should represent a point in time after the original game ends when uh, Barrett gets home to Marlene and brings her here uh, to show to show her, hey, this is where Aerith uh, was tending to the flowers. Right. Like uh, bring bring her back to to pay respect or something like like that. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. It says uh, the caption says it's one of the only places in the slums where flowers can grow, making it a very special place for Aerith. So, mm. exactly one one of the two. The other one is of course her garden. <laughs> yes, I thought this was beautiful. Mm. I really enjoyed that one. Definitely, yeah, that's really beautiful. Also, they did show a screenshot of Aerith's home. Yes, they did. Um, home, it church, was... and house. <laughs> Yes, and it was just so beautiful. I really loved this one. Um, I love all three. You know, <laughs> yeah, same. And so uh, people spotted a cloud doing like a T pose yes. in uh, <laughs> the so doorway. <laughs> he's just—I think what he—he's just gripping the. It looks like he's gripping the um, the door frame, like he's kind of got his arms spread apart on the door frame, kind, kind of, of when he's walking in. But you can't really see because it's so far away that you just yeah. don't know what's happening. So but it really looks but, like a, um, a standard T pose, like that. It's rigged, but that's no. There's no animation or no pose applied to it. Right. I don't know why. Maybe an Easter egg or something like that. But it's it's pretty funny. Could be. Yeah. Do you think that this is an in-game render? Definitely. It looks yeah. like it. It looks like it because if if you zoom closer, you you do see um, some uh, the the mesh. Or the, the oh borders, right the yeah I can of, see the mesh the, right now yeah yeah uh, especially Just, on the type and in, in uh, before in the front and yeah the quality on the, of some um, flowers are also not exactly up to par if it was his right. render yeah in the, in, I can in the see back. it on the there's like these little pieces of hay it's not hay but it's like dead um, oh, vegetation right. yes, kind true. of in the bottom right corner <laughs> bottom left corner sorry by the pipe you can see that yes. it's kind of the mesh is there yeah there's also quite 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 the noise in the alpha channel and the uh, the shadows at point right at times yeah and it, when you look in the back the stones and the dead rocks are have a lower resolution texture on mm-hmm. it on them it is definitely in-game, but it looks gorgeous. It looks beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's probably the highlight of the slums, I, I assume. Right. The inside of the house as well. Yes. It's so just, cozy. <laughs> right? I love it so much. Yeah. And just the TV. Mm-hmm. The old, the old TV, yeah. <laughs> tube TV in the corner. But it's crazy because in the game, it was so big. Mm-hmm. The original. Yes. TV, but it's just when you look at like how, you know, if you think about it in real life, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. the size of everything, mm-hmm. it's just so much smaller, but it's so, it's so cool. And I love the lighting in this picture yes, it's beautiful. with the incandescent bulbs and it's like the orange kind of hue to mm-hmm. everything. Like you said, it's really, really cozy. Yes, definitely. And you can see the kitchen on the right in the shadows. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the kitchen was also there in the concept art, and I think there was also a door to a pantry, but it was situated uh, right underneath the stairs, or beside the stairs, not beside the uh, the kitchen. The kitchen, yeah, it was oh, okay. around a little. It's there. 
Yeah, but the thing is, though, is that they, I guess they kind of looked at it and they were just like, well, you know, if a kitchen's, like, mm-hmm. how would a kitchen be laid out if it's, <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Course, like, the yeah. pantry, the pantry usually it's should closed. be right next to your yeah. kitchen, right? Of course, yeah. So, but I'm sure that's probably when they redesigned it, they were like, ooh, we should probably mm-hmm. move this here. Probably, yeah. Also, the stairs are actually climbable this this time around. In the original render, yeah. it was ex- extremely steep angle and just straight up. It's just... Uh, <laughs> It's like nobody's going to walk up those yeah. stairs. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love this. And the detail, look at the rug. Yeah, the rug. The it's... detail on the rug. Oh my gosh, it's so beautiful. I want that for my own living room. <laughs> yeah, true, true. <laughs> and also the images, you can see a, a woman doing a dance on, on the picture yes. on the, the right. Some yeah. smaller pictures I can't quite make out uh, underneath, Yeah, which probably are Easter eggs, maybe many flowers all over the place since yeah i was just beautiful. gonna mention the flowers yeah. and yeah i love this one i can't wait to visit like i just can't wait to get there mm. you know in the game you know <laughs> it's just so it's amazing but it's it's for me it's exactly how i pictured it in my mind when i played through the original mm. you know i just even though it didn't look anything like that. Uh, you also <laughs> always imagine it a little bit better, especially in hindsight. Yeah. And there was also a nice render, not really a render, but an in-game screenshot of the church from a different angle. Right. Um, and it's so big and messy. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's nice. But I think uh, when I, if, I, if I remember correctly, during the battle against Reno in this church, there are way less, uh, what are they called? The benches, they have a specific name. The, um, yeah, pews. The pews, yeah, exactly, the pews. I think they're all non-existent there. Maybe they, they break while, while we... Oh, break. yeah, Maybe. it could be. I don't know. It's, it's in, uh, interesting. Also, there are, not all lilies here are white, uh, are yellows. Most of them yes. appear white. Are they white yeah. and yellow, or is it just the lighting? Maybe there are two two types of lilies here. Yeah, know. it looks like white and yellow. Because the white lily has not a uh, symbolic meaning, but I can't yes. quite remember. At the beginning of the game, in the cutscene that was released, I mean the trailer that was mm-hmm. released, in her bouquet of flowers, she had white ones mixed in, didn't she? Yes, and they but fell on there the were no... Uh, no- but either primroses or uh, how the other is called? Also, oh, okay, uh, probably primroses. Oh, I see. So they're not the same type of nope. flower. Primrose mm. and tulips. She also had tulips in there. That's interesting. Maybe it's the light. Maybe yeah. They do look white mm. and and yellow as well. Uh, I yeah, think the lighting those... in this. No, no, there there are. Some with the same orientation and some are yellow, some are white. They're definitely two different kinds of lilies. And some other weed that's growing. Yeah. <laughs> growing from underneath. Yeah. And the light shining down, yes. you know? It's so it's beautiful. beautiful. Stained glass, it's beautiful. I wonder if, mm-hmm. if we can, uh, can spot some Easter eggs in the stained glass, like uh, uh, images from other Final Fantasies or uh, something like that, maybe uh-huh. or um, critters or monsters or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, or like uh, summons or something. Summons, yeah, exactly. Because, well, if I look 
if I quint, I can see that each each one is exactly the same and they only have it's just a just a pattern. Doesn't doesn't look like there's yeah something specific in there. What a shame. Well maybe maybe if we get get close enough. Some little small little hidden uh detail somewhere. Mm-hmm. Would be cool. Yeah, it looks like there's some writing or something on the um arch. Like on the bottom of the arch. Uh you can see some kind of lettering or engraving on the it's like the arch, um, the foot of one of the arches where the light is shining on it. It looks like there's lettering or some kind of, maybe it's just a design. Not sure. Oh, I can't really see it. You mean um, those support pillars? The arches? Are yeah, the on the bottom of one of the support pillars, you can see the light shining on it. Oh, it, it, uh, that's just a, um, a pattern. Oh, okay. I see, it's not, not not really lettering. Just uh, some. I'm wearing my flowers. glasses, but ah, okay. <laughs> I just can't like I zoom in, but I just can't really make it out. But okay. yeah, now it's, cool. it's flower, flower based or flower inspired pattern. Okay. Yeah, there's of course much more lying around, but I'll save this for the proper analysis when I get there. Right. Eventually. <laughs> <laughs> so much things to do. <laughs> right. Yeah. All right, so moving on to our next topic that we're talking about. So there was a developer interview that Square Enix released um, as well as the screenshots. And, you know, it was really neat to see Square Enix kind of share these interviews with some of the key members of the developer team and hear their stories and history with the Final Fantasy series, sorry, and Final Fantasy VII um, specifically. And I just wanted to touch on um, some things that Kataze said that I especially loved, um, you know, was the comment that he made that he he comments like he commented about the Final Fantasy VII remake pretty much preemptively um, when he would be interviewed. People would just kind of, you know, jump to that and <laughs> ask him right away. Yeah. You know, even if it was for, you know, he's being interviewed for a different game, they would just be like, so when are you making Final Fantasy VII mm-hmm. remake? <laughs> you know, so he just kind of started preemptively talking about it and saying, you know, r- talking about it right away so it would be done and over. And then he could kind of move on with the rest of the interview. <laughs> mm. um, I can understand him. You'd, you'd probably get annoyed after the, the- one or two dozen th- th- times and then you just exactly well let's get this over with <laughs> but then i'm sure he left and he thought about that and he's like wow mm. people really want this game you know everywhere people are asking about it so mm. hopefully that really helped him to kind of you know push through, think about yeah, yeah it. like actually make it because as far as i remember he wanted to make it for, for quite some time especially numura Numer- 2 uh i think mm-hmm. um was was it here in this now it was somewhere else, I guess, where uh, he actually planned to, or had plans for for a remake after as the last entry in the compilation. But it never came to be because of reasons and because yeah. he was uh, busy with Kingdom Hearts and other things. But he had he had those plans uh, always in his in the back of his mind. And uh, when Kitase finally managed to greenlight his project, of course, he had to. Well, he, he could use all those ideas he had, he had been keeping inside of him or was being able to use them. Mm-hmm. No. It's kind of the gist of it. 
so Kataze just kept saying basically when the time is right, when the time is right. Mm. And then he came out and said, and now that time has arrived. Um, here's a direct quote. So while ensuring the spirit of the original game is kept intact, these members are adding to it the power of a new generation. And I love that because mm. we talked about this before in our first episode where we talked about, you know, it's a reunion mm-hmm. trifecta um, because the us, the audience, are coming back to the game after playing the original um, and then also having the original developer team, you know, added with some new employees and some new people that are new to the Final Fantasy series as well. But just we're coming together and basically to experience it, you know, and they are coming together to create it for a new generation just to kind of update it. So mm-hmm. it continues on into the future. And I really loved that quote. Um, he said that he hopes that it surpasses um, everybody's expectations. It said that he said that basically it surpasses own expectations mm-hmm. Um and he's basically the one who's looking forward to playing it the most. And I just, I love that so much because, you know, if he's confident that it's surpassed his own expectations, I feel that it's going to be amazing. And most likely, you know, <laughs> like I'm, I'm good with that. You know, that just kind of speaks to me because it kind of just makes all my concerns kind of melt away because I just feel like, you know, he's the one that's making it. So mm-hmm. I um I feel pretty good about it and um I'm just so happy that we're actually going to be able to play it very very soon. Me too, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. And then like you said going on to what Namura said um about to me what was super interesting like you said was that he actually meant to make this as a fifth entry to the exactly, Final yes, Fantasy yeah. 7 compilation. <laughs> Um, but he couldn't because he was extremely busy, but he said he never stopped thinking about it. Um, this is pretty, pretty incredible when you think about it, actually, that, you know, the whole time that this was his intention. Um, and that probably also was a solidifying factor into, you know, them actually deciding to go ahead and make the game Mm. because he already wanted to do it in the first place. It was always one of his plans, even though he didn't have the time to do it, Mm. um, because he was so busy doing other projects. And then, obviously, Kataze being asked to make it over and over again. I'm sure all of those factors mm-hmm. kind of, you know, combined into one where they're like, okay, let's just do it. Yeah. You Before know, let's just to... make this game. Exactly. People are asking for it. I wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to add so much more things into the original, but, you know, because we, we couldn't because we were limited at the time. Um, you know, he decided that he um, was going to go ahead and, help create the game. Mm. Um, uh, just a direct quote from it, from the posting. So he's had opportunities for discussing our true in- in- intentions are few, but with regard to the size of the game, there are many people asking about that. There's no reason to worry. Even in this Midgar portion alone, the density and volume are so great that I had to give directions to lighten them. So basically it's going to be huge. Mm. And, yeah. you know, the fact that they came out and they said that it's going to be on two discs is, I, I think that the, you know, is, it's, it's going to be big. Um, extremely. Yeah. And I think that, you know, people are really worrying about it. And I just, 
like we talked about before, it's, you know, I don't think it's going to be crazy open worlds the way that, you know, a Witcher 3 game is or, you know, Red Dead Redemption 2 is. It's going to be a guided story that's still open and explorable and you're going to have a lot of things to do in this world because it's going to be alive. Mm -hmm. You know, when we played the original game, yes, there were side characters, but it wasn't the same. Like, there were people running, like, you know, after the uh, reactor explodes at the beginning of the game. You can see there's, like, people that are all dressed the same. Yeah, exactly. And they're little polygonal, like, characters. They're all dressed the same. You won't, you can only talk to, like, three of them, but they're all running in different directions. But, like, that's pretty much, you see some people after that, but, like, that's pretty much it. Like, that was their way of showing that this world, there's people that live there. It was a very abstract depiction of practically everything in there. So it's uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it, they had to to play around with uh, with imagery in the background to get everything across in one screen. Exactly, with, uh, rudimentary animations with uh, mm -hmm. the limited text boxes, and it's yeah, I think it was uh, quite the accomplishment to cram so much into the original one because there was. There were so many shortcuts, and it was it was really fast paced most of the time. If you cut out the exploration part of the uh, yes. world map stuff, but especially in Midgard, it was if you if you kind of know where you're going, you can just breeze through, and uh, maybe one, two, at most three battles, and you're through a, a complete area. Exactly. So slow, so, so tiny, and if you especially in the sewers, if you're lucky, there is no single encounter after apps. Uh huh. So so small, just two small screens, mm -hmm. and what we've already seen from the uh, from the trailers in in the sewers, it looks to be quite big, and not just uh, walk through two screens and you're done. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and back then, like they had to, you know, make the screens because it was like a pre-rendered mm -hmm. background that was like it was like background art. Exactly, that yeah. somebody made and then they had to restrict the pathing so that you just mm -hmm. couldn't walk all over mm -hmm. the picture exactly yeah right so but they were limited to how many they could put so they really had to pick and choose you know which ones were the necessary like the most necessary mm -hmm. to tell the story so that everybody could understand what was happening mm -hmm. and also um yeah, just to make sure that, you know, you're you're heading down this this path and there's only so many things that you can do in each area because you had to like you would have to leave this this area and then go to a different place with a different mm. background. So it wasn't like like how they're making it now where it's a, a live environment and you can actually go like what's around this corner, but it's this you go around the corner, but it's not like you're it's just it's always the corner is always there. Mm. <laughs> You know, and it's like what's going on around the corner that you can't see is still happening in real time, basically. Yeah, like there's actually people shopping on the street or mm. talking and that sort of thing. So as I've seen in screenshots from Seventh Heaven and uh, the Sector Sector Seven slums, mm -hmm. there are all, always uh, people around doing whatever, going about their business. Exactly. And what's also interesting is I don't don't know if you've seen uh, Max Maximilian dude's streams or the. Uh, com uh, Com uh, compressed YouTube versions, 
But he he could attend a presentation behind closed doors where where they show right, the yes. complete uh, bombing mission. Well, at least mm -hmm. uh, uh, until till the Scorpion Sentinel boss battle. Nothing afterwards. And it was all seamless. It loaded up, and wow. the the the, uh, the intro cinematic started playing, and it was all seamless. No loading times, no cut, nothing. Just straight through. No cut. No. No interruption, so to speak. Was, uh, right. I think it was uh, exactly the same in the newest uh, God of War entry. Okay. If you don't, if you didn't fast travel, and even the fast travel is kind of seamless, but without the fast travel, there's just no cut, no interruption, nothing. Just go straight there. There's, it's it's really well made. Right. I love it. I loved it. And here it yeah. seems to be the same. So that they have to come uh, to model all the. Uh, all the uh, the environments, everything, and com comparing to it to the original, there were just disconnected and disjointed screens, which sometimes mm -hmm. had meters or I would say uh, yards of of gaps where you didn't, which you didn't see. Sometimes even much more, hundreds of yards between. I don't know, especially between, uh, let's say, sector five. The main hub where he had the shops and that uh, this guy are sick. Um, to the, the north northwest, nor no uh, northeast, there was mm -hmm. the exit to Erith's house, and right, it was a transition, and you were just standing right in front of Erith's house, which completely different environment. Yeah. So it's uh, there is, um, let's say three to four hundred percent more grounds to cover in the remake, if not more. Yes. So this is uh, mostly what play length and also the, the two discs come from. Because they want to depict yeah. everything seamless and everything mm -hmm. has to connect. Some things they can cheat with uh, the train or motorcycle yes. travel. Yes. I think those are, are, are our fast travel options. Yeah. And I think that's about it, probably. I don't think there will be other sensations. Yeah, it's like you said about God of War, like... Mm. That's a loading screen that's just disguised behind yes. a live action, you know, ability to kind of move around and then go through the door, mm -hmm. uh, the portal when it opens up. And I think, like you said, they might be able to disguise the loading from going on the train. Exactly, yeah. You know, where you're going to see parts of, the, of Midgar, like when you're on the train and mm -hmm. stuff, but they're going to be able to, you know, it's probably loading up the next area or something, but you don't even know what's happening. But Especially because you're uh, at start, you can see Midgar and the slums, but then you go into the tunnels, and then they don't really have to load much. And before they exit the tunnels, they can load what's outside, and then then it's exactly. there. Exactly. For you, for the player, yeah. it's nothing. It's just seamless. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Um, then he he Nomura went on to talk about new characters. So he said in past interviews that there wouldn't be any. Mm -hmm. um, and then he kind of went back on what he said because he said that you know he's created some new characters but they aren't main characters so the number of these characters ended up growing considerably um obviously throughout the process of creating a rich depiction of midgar um you know i'm okay with this and like you know his justification is that he they needed to enrich the environment to make it more feel, you know, more lived in and that it's a living, breathing city. And um, so I can understand that 
every... is, they had they had to do this. They had to do this. Um, mm-hmm. Especially if they didn't want to just copy and paste NPCs or something like that. You, you have to exactly to have certain characters that stand out every once in a while because otherwise mm-hmm. it's just bland. Yeah. And then he went on to say that um, obviously there will be uh, new game bosses that will appear in the game. Um, but also they did try to work in as many of the original bosses and uh, enemies as possible as well. But they really wanted to add new bosses to help add excitement to the story even more. And, you know, we've already kind of seen this as well where they've updated some of the old bosses mm-hmm. in a new way so it's not exactly the same as what it was in the original <laughs> um which i'm okay with um you know it's a new it's a reimagining of the game it's it's um not a one-to-one remake mm-hmm. so i'm just looking forward to being able to jump in and see what they've created so we've also seen seen uh, already one new boss in uh, in the tunnels this is this this uh I don't really know what to call it—a crab or something like that. Crab, a crab-like boss with, which also had those those gyro rings in the middle, like the, the Airbuster, and which which is probably right. like a precursor for the Airbuster that comes later because it seems to be on the same mission. And it could be. Yeah, and we've also seen new bosses. They're not new enemies, but they're bosses now, like the Eligor boss battle. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, had its own introduction, and you can you can summon Shiva there, so it has to be a special, yes. special sorry, special encounter, and probably Hellhouse too, I imagine, and many other enemies that were bigger and maybe a bit more rare, which they turned into into full on boss battles or mini bosses, yeah. like the sweeper. Yeah, um, something really interesting that he said was actually at the end. Of his interview, he said, we've already begun working on the next one as well, which mm. is awesome. Right, yes, that's, that's right? good news, yeah. There we go. So that's confirmation. They are working on the next one. And they did say, like, months and months ago, I think that they hadn't really started work on it, mm. or they haven't really planned it out, like how Not many really, games yeah. it's going to be or anything. Yeah. But, you know, they're not going to tell us everything. I'm sure that not. they already had an idea and a plan and they started sure. working on it, um, you know, pre-production and everything like that. And, and yeah, so that was really awesome for me to read because I was just, I was just happy just to see that, you know, they are started working on the next one. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one's not even out yet. So that hopefully will cut down on the wait time that we have between Should, the parts. Yes. Um, and then What's he up? said, I'm confident this playthrough uh, playing through this title will expand your expectations, just like the world that extends beyond Megar. So, yeah, even, I'm even sure it will. I just can't wait. <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah. I hope so. But everybody's going to have their expectations, right? So it's not going to meet everybody's expectations. But I think that this is just him kind of thinking, like you know, he really hopes that everybody has a great time playing mm. through it, and, and then, then um, looks forward to the next one. Exactly. Exactly. What I also uh, forgot to mention before regarding is that uh, Namura also uh, told us that when we uh, think about Midgar's final boss, we think about the motorball. He said motor mm-hmm. with dots between. That's probably yeah. the uh, Japanese spelling. Um, but uh, this game will have new bosses and 
will add to the excitement, and then it's it also starts starts speculation about which final boss will be there. Of course, most of us didn't think that Motorball will will uh, actually be the last boss of the first game because it would be pretty anticlimactic. But some have uh, theorized that this no a new Soldier Boy will be in some capacity involved with uh, last bosses. Maybe something uh, related to Genova, or or even those uh, ghostly thingies, those uh, Guardians of Fate. And I think it's oh, maybe right. a mixture of everything. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure Sephiroth will appear there, but I, I'm pretty sure we won't actually fight him. He'll probably just throw something at uh, something at us, and uh, new Genova battle will appear, and maybe this Soldier Boy is somehow involved. We don't know. Maybe. We get to kill him earlier, or he deserts and gets on our side, or something like that. It's just all, all up in the air, but it's fun to speculate. Yeah, exactly. All right, guys. So we're going to go and take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll be chatting about Final Fantasy VII Remake news and info. And uh, also, we will be speculating when we might get some more information about the game. So, all that and more after this. Alright guys, and welcome back to the third episode of The Reunion, a Final Fantasy VII Remake podcast. I'm your host, Kairosis, and I have my amazing co-host, Viz, with me here again today. So moving on to our second segment, we're talking about news about the game. So there was a Famitsu article that was released that featured uh, more information about the game. And I did post the screenshots of the article to the Final Fantasy VII Remake subreddit, and actually a few people came forward and offered to translate the article. So this translation is pulled from the subreddit uh, from user uh, Shiraguma48. So thank you so much to uh, Shiraguma48 for um, translating the article. So I went through the article and I basically pulled out uh, information that I thought was... um, maybe not common knowledge. Some of it obviously um, has already been released before and a lot of us already know some of this. But um, so some of the translation we had, basically like we talked about before, you can spend SP to unlock um, the potential of, you know, your core materia that's found with, that's hidden within your weapon, sorry. Um, It said that the screenshot for one of the um, weapons was Cloud's Buster Sword. And it said a lot of things are possible from increasing stats like attack power, magic power, um, max HP to increasing the number of material slots, which is what we already knew, which we talked about before, and how each weapon has its own uh, unique abilities. And you basically um, level up your weapon, and once you continue to use a weapon, the proficiency maxes out, and then you can equip that ability with any weapon um, that you have. Um, Moving on, so the next one was the material system. Um, There are all kinds of magic and commands by equipping materia uh, that can become unlocked, basically, by um, equipping the materia into the slots in your weapons and armor. Um, It said that the newly unveiled fire materia lets you use magic with, um, obviously, fire. 
Um, it says that you can't upgrade your materia from fire to uh, fire and fireaga. Um, and then it goes on to say something crazy interesting here. It says the independent assess materia lets you pinpoint enemies' characteristics, which we talked about, their weaknesses, etc. But what the keyword for me would be like independent materia. Mm -hmm. So is that a yeah. type of materia? So the independent materia is a type of materia, or does it mean that it works independently from the rest? So what do you think? Um, we kind of already talked about this. So kind of, yeah. is it like the independent is purple or yellow? In the original game, independent materia was purple, and it was just right. there and gr granted you the effect. For example, HP plus, more EXP, more speed, more okay. luck, and some other things I just can't remember. Or the underwater material was also independent. It just oh, okay. equip it and it has an effect. Done. Right. Okay. Um, but the assess material is a is a command, I'm I'm assuming. Huh. That's interesting. So that's that's why Well, it says here the independent assess material. So this is what was translated from Japanese to English. Mm -hmm. So who knows? There could be a mistranslation. Probably, yeah. Or the or was missing. Could be because I'm pretty sure they 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 don't change a uh, the assess material to something passive because how would you even open those things here those uh, those UIs those information the, the information um, panels because with a with a command it's clear you can just use the command and then it's assessed and you have the information from now on if it's independent then what constitutes as the trigger for getting the, uh, the information out of the enemy, just killing it or just uh, hmm. targeting it. This would kind of feel strange. That's or interesting. I looked at the screenshot again. So in the bottom right-hand corner, it says R1 toggle data. Mm. So do you think you can, if it's an independent material, you just get the effect and in the bottom you could just press... Like, if you aim at an enemy, like, uh, sorry, you're locking onto an enemy, maybe mm. that loads, and then it just says toggle data, and then you click it, and then it pops up. Would feel weird, weird because when, when does the whole UI pop up? Because when you're fighting, you don't want to have a UI exactly. pop up randomly, so you'd have to exactly. have some certain, either command, yeah. then you could, which you... Which is the only way you can um, open this UI? I don't think this is the case. Well, okay. only ha only half 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 of the time because. Well, let me <clears throat> let me try this again. You have a command materia. You have the command, and uh, now you have the assess materia. You have the command assess in the menu, as an ability. You can use it use uh, by expanding ATB on the target, and then this screen pops up. Which is uh, in the screenshot. Not exactly this here, but just the, the same screen. And then you okay. cancel it. And as soon as you have this type of enemy assessed, you can probably press maybe R uh, L3, because I don't think there's any any other button left to um to pull up this, this screen at any time you want. It it freezes the the action and you get the information. This is probably what the screenshot's coming from. Um Barrett is shooting at the enemy, and then the player pressed the button, and the action stopped. And this mm -hmm. light came up, so you have the opportunity to 
read everything in, in your own time uh, or at, at your own pace and then just cancel and be in the in the action again this is that's my prediction how it's probably right. going to work because this makes the much the most sense for me mm -hmm. but still this independent assess material i don't know this feels strange i'm i'm <laughs> i'm pretty sure it's just a, a translation con a context translation issues some kind mm -hmm. yeah um, moving on to the next, so obviously they talk about the action style and elements that are blended into the battle system. Obviously, pressing square button um, allows you to attack uh, using your regular attacks. Um, it says repeatedly pressing square will link a combo. Holding down square, though, will unleash an area-based attack. So it's kind of like a charged-up attack if you hold it down. Um, somebody had stated that this probably wasn't common knowledge. I don't think that they've showed us this. I didn't no. know that. I didn't know there was a charge up attack if you hold on it. I think that's really cool. I also don't think it's charge up attack per se, but it's this uh, this makes uh, something clear I didn't really uh, understand before because in some footages we have seen a different attack cloud performed like so, some some double rotation um sword swing which is right. actually a uh, area of attack area of effect okay but uh, I, d I didn't know how how you would execute this because if you press um repeatedly he does a, sp a specific combo and this right. is image that that's always the same and i've heard from from those playing the demo that when you just hold he just performs three swings and then he stops but they probably um Deactivated that uh, for the demo build. Oh, okay. Probably. So this this makes a lot of sense. So if you press repeatedly, you have this standard combo with five hits or seven hits in the Punisher mode. And when you keep oh, it pressed, okay. he um, Cloud swings his sword once. And if you keep pressed, then he uh, does this double double rotation. Uh, Roundhouse. Oh, I see. Spice. Yeah, that probably. makes sense. Roundhouse. Yeah. yeah, it's like it's like crowd control. Probably. Yeah, that's that's what I'm, I'm thinking. Yeah, this makes a lot of sense. I'm I'm so glad they included this in this article. Yeah, same. This clears up a few things. <laughs> <laughs> it says on top of that, pressing triangle allows you to use your character's unique ability, which mm -hmm. we knew. Uh, Blade burst is a range attack that unleashes a magical beam from your sword, and I think we saw in the screenshot, right? Mm -hmm. And the recently released screenshot, it right, showed right. this. Right, yeah, I forgot to cover this, yeah. <laughs> um, it just shows on the bottom of the screenshot, um, you can see that there's like a beam that's coming out of the, out of the, the sword. The triple beam, yes. Yeah, triple beam. Yeah, looks awesome. Um, um, and then, sorry. Well, I think this is, um, those are two points uh, mixed together because... Uh, when you oh, okay. Cloud has only the switch between Punisher and Operator mode with by pressing Triangle, so we can't actually unleash another attack by using Triangle. But uh, most... on top of that, pressing Triangle allows you to use a character's unique ability point as a period. So this is one explanation for probably one uh, other screenshot, which is uh, hang on. Exactly the one where he's in uh, in the the reactor number one, attacking a security officer, where he's 
where the operator mode triangle prompt is highlighted in this screenshot. Uh, this is probably the caption for that, because this is uh, highlighting Punisher mode. And the next one, Blade Burst, is probably the caption for the other screenshot, which is either an ability, normal ability, from a weapon, or maybe even a, another limit break. Who knows? Hmm. This is hard to say because the limit is yes. limit bar is empty, but it's empty for all of them. And Cloud Cloud's ATB is almost zero, so it's probably an ATB attack. I'm assuming. Yeah, I see it now. Yeah. It's probably an ATB. I'm looking attack. and it says burst. Yeah. In or orange. Paper, yeah. Uh where? Um, in the, I'm looking oh, at the Famitsu, um, right, this I, is a, it's a mm. translation of the Famitsu article. So I, I was looking at the screenshots from the Square Enix website that were posted, but this is a screenshot that shows, um, it's right next to the weapon, um, upgrade, uh, screenshots, um, and it shows it's in red. Oh, you mean and, the other one? No, this is, this is the first. Do is, you see uh, it? Burst is the Japanese version of staggered. This is that's burst. When when you, when an enemy gets staggered, yeah, uh, it's it's called burst. It's the the, the orange text. Oh, I see. But okay. the cloud is using the focus thrust, as you can see in the blue text above. Well, it's in the, the Japanese. It's probably in Jap written. In yes. Japanese. I only so have... it's something else. Yeah. No, it's, yeah. I keep is, forgetting is... that. I keep forgetting. No worries. <laughs> yeah. No, the blade cross cool. screenshot is the other one where he, where he shoots uh, three, those three energy beams which race across the right, the uh, the bottom, and this this is also a screenshot where we see this new boss here, which has some kind of wing like jet engines on his back. It's a weird thing. Yeah, I need I need to cover this in a future analysis. This is uh, mm -hmm. such a weird enemy. <laughs> yeah. Also, I might have jumped the gun here on this screenshot with the uh, with the blade beam, or yeah, how it's called in Japanese the blade burst. If you zoom in, you see equipped a green materia and a purple materia clouds oh, okay. sword. But there is also maybe a yellow materia, but it probably turns out it's just another spark. Because I thought, well, it's it's hmm. kind of it's too, too convenient. It's uh, almost the same uh, same distance between the slots, and it yeah. also kind of looks like it's the the third slot um, from from the upgrade system. And it's the Buster Sword here has also this weird uh, shadow line or groove line across the blade. Which yeah. might appear when you've upgraded, but I'm I'm not quite, not quite sure. But yeah, uh, a few other other people have told me that it's most likely just a just a remnant of of the, the particle effect here, and not a third material. But yeah. Well, uh, just the the enemy that you're talking about here that you said you're not sure. It kind of looks like the enemy really quickly. We kind of get a look in the trailer when um. It's the same. Yes. They're all on the bridge, uh, and then they're talking bridge. and about um, about Wu Tai. Oh no no, that's, then... the, that's the that's the air that's the Airbuster that's the boss. This this here this uh, this battle here takes place in the subway. 
This is uh, the same enemy we've seen also in the trailer, in the, in the, the TGS 2019 trailer, where Barrett uh, jumps and rolls out of the way, and then they attack. Oh, okay. Then they attack uh, in. Yeah, because it looks like it's on rails, so it looks yeah, like it moves of, yes. back and forth like a train, Probably, kind yeah. of. It's, and it's you can see the is that the shinra logo that's in the back uh on the poster on the right you can kind of see uh, no that's that oh. seems to be a stopper for the train track looks like oh okay stop. it's the shinra logo is different it's, it doesn't have a, have a cross but there's it just um, looks like there's graffiti over top of like a poster that's in the back there somewhere there's yeah. also mm. graffiti yeah, green background and uh yellow yeah. orange red mm. text with Zach written on top with um, so with a G Z A G or C four G with black graffiti. Okay. And there's also the same uh, label E as we've also also seen in the the trailer. Right. Barrett ducks out of the way. In one frame, you see the the, the label E at the on the wall. And I think there's also a, a security camera on the wall here, just on the top left, a uh, top right. Yeah. Security camera. Interesting. So many things to spot. <laughs> I know. Yeah. There's even more in the in, in the trailer itself. There's there's more to uh, notice there. All right, guys. So moving on here. So it looks like Sony announced that there will be a new state of play coming up tomorrow, actually, December 10th at 6 a.m. Pacific time, which uh, is 9 a.m. Eastern time. People are thinking that we might get some more info about the game, a trailer, or um, maybe a Nanaki reveal. Um, I read that um, Resident Evil Remake uh, 3, I guess, was leaked. So it was, people yes. are kind of, yeah, people are thinking that it's, it's going to be about that. Um, I'm not too sure that we're going to get something this early in December. So I guess it'll be interesting to see, and we only have one day to wait because it's tomorrow, not even a full day. Mm -hmm. um, me personally, I don't think there will be another Final Fantasy VII remake remake related uh, section in the state of play because we already got one in main on May ninth. Exactly, and that's why I probably think there will be something at the Game Awards if they choose to. Uh, provide us with a little teaser. Mm -hmm. If if there's a, a big one, I'm probably sure they are showing something at Jump Fest because there's al already a something uh, announced, something trailer related. But we don't really know much more, I guess. Right, and that was my next thing. Yes. Um, <laughs> I had said uh, potentially the VGAs, like Video Game Awards. Um, not too sure. I'm not too sure. Um, Square Enix announced Jump Festa 2020 lineup, and the schedule was posted to gamatsu.com. Um, this is taken directly from the website. It says Final Fantasy VII Remake to appear in trailer form, not playable. Square Enix has announced its lineup and stage schedule for Jump Festa 2020, which runs from December 21 to 22 uh, in Shiba, Japan. Cool. It says the lineup of Final Fantasy VII Remake has will have a photo corner, and then it says like it has these words listed next to its name. So it says photo corner trailer novelty. Um, so people are kind of speculating that 
it's going to be a new trailer with a reveal of Nanaki. I'm not too sure. It might end up being just a rehash of some of the other trailers that we've already seen. Would be pretty cheap, I guess. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm hoping for something new, maybe a new trailer featuring mm. some explanation, uh, sorry, explanation, um, <laughs> exploration, um, or a Nanaki reveal. Honestly, I'm okay if they don't reveal um, Rad 13 because I, I want to be surprised. So if I'm Me playing too, the yeah. game and then we see him later, maybe it's just better that they don't reveal him so that there's some surprises left for people when they play through the game. Cause that would be, I would be really surprised if, um, you know, they didn't reveal him and then I'm playing through the game and then he shows up and I'm like, Oh my gosh, it's so awesome. You know? Mm. Um, what do you think about that? I'm on two minds on this. Uh, for one, I really want them to show, to show them to us, to actually, uh, show that is, that is, in there in full glory. Yes. Which I, I don't doubt it's in there because he, he has to be there. It's part of the lore of Midgar, part of the story. Uh, but to what extent, it's not clear yet. So if they show him, if they introduce him in some capacity, with, we would have an idea in what he is included. If it's just an NPC, if he's a uh, non-controllable guest member or controllable guest member. But a, fu a full-on party member, I doubt, because there's just not enough time for him to to prosper to get him upgraded yes. and equipped yep. and no real time for character development exactly but he has to be there and i wanted to see it but like you said being surprised is also pretty cool so not sure <laughs> i think that um they could tease him you know, Probably, yeah. but not completely show him. Like well, maybe just at the, the end of the trailer, tail. they could just show his tail exactly, or something. Yeah. <laughs> like you know, yeah. I know like, it sounds pretty ridiculous, people, but Ifa uh, walking walking up to the, uh, the, the the sample container, the sample tube, and it just looks inside. Hey, what is this? And then you see just this, uh, this flaming tail wiggling around. Exactly. Black. <laughs> <laughs> that would be so awesome. Yeah. Would be great. All right. So moving on. So obviously the Square Enix store um, emailed a bunch of people about the first class edition, people that pre-ordered the game. Um, there was kind of a fiasco there where um, on the Square Enix store website. So basically what happens is if you pre-order something on the Square Enix store, it explicitly states on their website that they will charge your card basically uh, two to three weeks before the game is about to ship. And the problem was that they emailed people basically the end of November telling them that you know, they're going to be charging their card early in December, but it didn't give a specific date. Um, so people were really upset about that because, you know, it's, it's a lot of money for the first class edition. So people were just freaking out because the holidays are coming and mm. people have spent money as well on Black Friday. And then, you know, it didn't give a lot of people time to save up. And so people, there was kind of an outcry. So people did, um, basically sent an email to uh, Square Enix store support and they did push back the date. So nice. um, originally it was December 4th, but now it's January 22nd, I do believe. Mm -hmm. And I did pre-order the first class edition. So I was really um, happy that they did push it back because this kind of happened to me. So mm -hmm. <laughs> this is what happens. Exactly. Yes. Um, but I do understand, you know what I mean? Just from both parts where 
they are probably thinking about making more because there's a waiting list. Mm -hmm. But why do they want to spend money to make more when there's probably people who don't have the money to pay for one that do have them Mm pre-ordered? So I'm sure this is kind of just kind of trying to put pressure on those people because if they can't pay for it, then they're not going to spend money and make more first class editions out of pocket and then risk not having them sold. So I can see it from their um, perspective as well. But this is the first time that I know of that this has happened basically. Mm-hmm. And I bought the ultimate collector's edition for Final Fantasy 15. And like, this didn't happen, yes. you know, like okay. it was just two to three weeks before. And I just, it just showed up on my doorstep. So mm, nice. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a special collab event for the Final Fantasy seven remake. Uh, that was announced that's happening at Tokyo Skytree in February, um, which is in Tokyo. So it's a huge tower that you can take all the way up to the top. Mm -hmm. And basically um, it includes, um, so this is featuring the game. So what's including is it's including decorations inside the building for Final Fantasy VII Remake. There's a special cafe menu. There's, right? And there's an original (laughs) original, uh, good shop that they're opening just selling... Um, items from Final Fantasy VII Remake. And they are projecting the Midgar cityscape around the parameter of the tower. So... so It's really nice. Because I've I've been there in Japan uh, this April this year. And Mm -hmm. we also climbed this uh, sky tree tower. Yes. Well, climbed... Well, maybe we took the the elevator up, up top. Yes. Uh, it was really nice to 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 look at it from below and look out from from above. I was kind of bummed out that I I'll go to <laughs> but I've been there. Nice. I've never been before. I always wanted to go to Tokyo. Um, I will. I will yeah, at some point for sure. <laughs> yeah, I've I've um, only been able to to go because uh, a friend of mine also quite some time, and we once uh, sat together and made plans quite spontaneously mm-hmm. yeah or, or at least decided to go spontaneously and then uh, start to make plans. It was pretty nice three weeks that's amazing yes. i have a friend that lives in tokyo oh nice right so yeah. she keeps saying you need to come you need to come yeah. <laughs> like because then i could just stay with her for free and then that's cool that's nice. and she yeah. speaks japanese she's from mm-hmm. there so she can you know translate for me and i i just need to do it i just need to go um you know, like for one, a month in the summer or something like that. I really want to go. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, a month is good. Three weeks was almost a little bit too too uh, short. Short? Yeah. Yeah. But we didn't have much more time because I only have four weeks of holiday to right over the whole year. So taking yeah. everything there would have been too much. <laughs> I understand that completely. All right, so um, it was PlayStation's 25th anniversary. So PlayStation turned 25 on December 3rd this year. So they showed some um, 25th anniversary artwork, and they did feature Cloud and Tifa in the Game Informer cover. And it's beautiful, and I love it because Mm. it's gray, like the original PlayStation, (laughs) but then it also has the colors as well. Like the logo, like the letter P in the logo, because it had like blue, green, yellow, Mm -hmm. and red, I do believe. It's really cool. So I I, I just appreciate the fact that they actually went ahead and put Cloud and Tifa in in the cover for that. Um, Because, you know, they are iconic. 
and mm-hmm. it's they're huge characters for the game and for PlayStation in general, you know, it really defined just the RPG, I guess, um, genre for the PlayStation. So um, it's just really cool to, you know, see that shout out for them. Mm, definitely. Also, something I didn't list on here, but I'm super excited about it that's coming up as well uh, for me is I'm going to the Distant Worlds um, Symphony Orchestra performance, which is happening March the 7th in Montreal. Ooh, nice. Right? I know. And it's my birthday on March 7th. Oh, so great. I'm so excited. Yeah, I bought tickets for it. and uh, But the thing is, is that the game comes out on the 3rd. Mm. <laughs> so I would have... Ar- only have played it like for a few days and then i'm like hmm i really had to think long and hard about it i'm like do i really want to go see distant worlds you should um on the seven but yeah and they are actually focusing on the music of final fantasy 7 mm-hmm. and the seven remake so nice. i'm just yeah. super excited yeah to go i went um a few years ago when they came through i think it was three years ago and it was like a few months before 15 came out so they mm-hmm. did play a bunch of songs from 15 um oh, and i love the music from from 15 but i i just i'm obsessed with the music from um seven so i'm really excited about that and you can check out their tour dates they did list new tour dates for the united states and canada on their website so you guys can just google it's a distant worlds um fond of fantasy seven um symphony orchestra nice one Yeah. All right, guys. So this concludes the third episode of our podcast today. So I just want to say thank you so much for joining us again for another episode. If you would like to go ahead and click that like button and subscribe, that would be amazing. And make sure that you guys leave a review on Apple Podcasts or anywhere that you listen to your podcasts. Um, It's the best way to support us. Um, You know, both of us are creators and we do put time into creating this content for you. And I know that Viz is super uh, busy with his uh, CCO content right now on your YouTube channel and your live streaming and your Twitch. (laughs) And you are just everywhere. So please. (laughs) make sure you guys check his content out on youtube it's cosmo canyon observatory and if you guys want to reach us our email is the reunion podcast at gmail.com that's the reunion podcast at gmail.com if you've got questions ideas um, suggestions for topics that you might want us to cover um, you can just send us an email we also have a twitter account it's at reunion underscore podcast And we do have a Facebook account as well. It's The Reunion, an FF number seven R podcast, because when I created it, it would not allow me to put FFVIIR. It made me replace it with the number seven. So it's The Reunion, an FF seven R podcast. That's Facebook. And we're on YouTube, The Reunion podcast. Um, And we do post our episodes to YouTube uh, with a video as well, if you guys want to check us out there. And obviously, we'll be using our YouTube um, channel for any extra video content that you know we, me, we might be doing um, in the future. So just want to say thanks so much again, and hopefully we'll be back in another two weeks. All right, guys. Thanks so much. Have a great night. Thank you. Stay safe and t- take care. Bye.